Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneurship with Christo. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Mr. Elias Zervas. Elias is a Greek entrepreneur who hovers between Athens and Kalamata in the Peloponnese. He is involved in a number of ventures. Most notably, he's a, a popular singer in Greece and also has a business consulting arm that deals in a range of things, including uh, wind farms that generate electricity. Elias is also a commentator on politics and the situation or the place that Greece has within the European community. He is an interesting and curious human being. So please sit back, relax and enjoy a very familiar conversation with Mr. Elias Zervas. I drop in and out of Greek all the time, particularly if I'm speaking to to, to you know you. Um, so um, so I'll apologise in advance for that, I guess. Um, but I think you know I, I look I look at your life and and I think it, it's so fabulously disjointed from a. It's not like you went to be an accountant or you said okay, I'm a musician and that's all I'm going to be. You know you you did your music. Uh, business, I'll call it a business, but you do you because it's it's that it's a business, right? You're producing a product. It's a, it's a business. Yeah, you you do. You, that I was doing does not make it less of a business. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, it's a creative business. It perfectly, per, but has all the same challenges. You've got a product. You've got a price. You've got logistic. You know costs that you that you you know undertake. Then you wanna you wanna create something that's long standing. And but you're the product. Like you're 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 the product. Um, the 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 bee the bee enterprise all right um, the the windmill uh, you know stuff and God knows all the other things that you're doing so you're you you you're um, uh, basically you have this portfolio of projects and you you see things in a in an entrepreneurial way so that's the thing that I want to I think that I, I just want to talk about because I I don't sure, I was very happy I was really happy that you asked me to do it and. Uh, I, I really, you know, I really look up to you as a businessman, and uh, I am always trying to learn things from you. And it's quite an honor for me to tell me that I want to interview on the podcast. I really, I felt very special, you know. No, I had nobody. I, else. I had no. I had no one else. <laughs> yeah, I said, to I said, did you know Peter wants to uh, have me on his podcast?" And he said, "Oh, shit, yeah, very nice." <laughs> to Al well, I actually mentioned him on the last interview I did. I did with a, a guy who's doing augmented reality through glasses. He told, uh, and, he told me, and who's like, and who happens he to Baha'i? He's a Baha'i. Yeah, he told me that, and <laughs> uh, he said to me, uh, "You know how good uh, of a man is uh, Uncle Peter?" I said to him, "Go on, I know, but go on." And he said to me. He used my name in his last podcast because he was interviewing somebody that was a Baha'i, and he, he he said my name. And then, ah, oh, the cute Uncle Peter writes me a message and tell me, "I'm sorry, sir, I used your name without asking you." <laughs> and he was uh, he found it very cute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look, I'm respectful of people's privacy and all that sort of thing. So I know some people are very very private, um, uh, but you know. You know, I, I respect him as my nephew, just like I respect you. Um, and you're not babies, you know, you're, you're grown men. <laughs> you're grown men. I have to remember that you're not babies anymore. Um, so, so yeah, but um, 
so so I'm I'm recording and I just I'll work out the editing I'll edit out st stuff but yeah, okay. <clears throat> and if I look across here don't be concerned it's just I'm checking checking the equipment and stuff but maybe maybe say a little bit of introduction introduce yourself to the audience and and just let them know who, you know who who is Elias Zervas yeah uh, well it's an interesting question. <laughs> um, well, I cannot really tell you uh, one thing that describes me because uh, I've always been all over the place. I really like to uh, to try new things and to experience uh, things in my life, you know. Um, I'm trying to do serious business and at the same time have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And any project that uh, comes my way, and uh, I think that I can do both, uh, I will accept it. No matter if I know exactly, uh, you know, I have the, um, how it's called, like uh, the technical background, um, I'm always uh, confident that uh, I, will, I will find out how to do things. And so long as that kind of mindset has served me uh, extremely well, so... I would say, well, I could see myself like a, I don't know, an explorer or something. <laughs> so your, your, so remind me, your educational background was so obviously born and raised in Kalamata, God's own city. Um, Actually, I was I was raised until the age of twelve to a fishing village in Coroni. Ah, yes. And then we moved to Kalamata, and uh, after I turned eighteen, I left Kalamata to come to Athens to study. Uh, biomedical engineering and uh, I had some uh, musical studies while I was uh, still at school. I studied uh, guitar, violin, piano and uh, I was uh, in the in the choir oh, yeah. of the auditorium and the music has been always a pretty big part of my life and when I, I came to Athens I um, at the same time that I was at the uni I um, spent some time studying, um, well, studying singing. Yep. So that's that's really a core passion, the the singing. So you, do you still do that? Yeah, uh, I actually have a show on the seventeenth of February. Uh -huh. um, but you know, I've grown up uh, to you know to be a, a full-time musician it's very difficult to be a full-time musician because you're going to have a lot of uh, shows that you don't really like to do you're just doing it to make your living out of it but uh at this point i'm very happy because i can do uh the shows that i want to do right so right. It, it's very this is one uh, you know the the best part uh, uh of uh, being a musician right and and tell me okay so that so that's you as the i guess the the product so so you have a you have a band do you, is, how does it work from a business point of view is it a, is it a well yeah i am a performer and uh, i can perform with or without a band right um because now with modern technology it's very easy to have backing tracks right uh, when i am in the studio with a band i can record everything very easily and then uh, go on a stage, have the backing track that is just the music, and I, uh, I'm doing a voiceover. Um, or and I still have a band, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, 
not all venues and parties are, are are suitable for a band. Right. Because a band is expensive and needs a lot of equipment, a lot of space, and you cannot have a band just to perform five songs and then at the end of the night another five songs. It's too expensive and yep. so uh, this is the way that I'm I'm doing uh, uh, my my musical career. I'm managing it. And something else that I'm doing as a performer, I start to have a lot of um, invitations to organize the parties and the nights. Okay, so, so there's a spin-off business. Yeah, because since I was uh, having a, um, a, a long story, like for 10 years or more, I've been organizing a lot of live music shows, uh, parties and that kind of stuff. People thought, oh, well, he has the experience to do it. So that gave me another business perspective. I, I maybe I am going to sing in a party, but at the same time organize it. Right. Okay. Do you? Pardon me. So, so, but that's just still comes to you know. Do do you market it or it's just word of mouth? Ilya, you know. Well, in 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 the music stage of Athens, um, let me say that I'm actually doing a very specific uh, kind of music. I'm doing. American swing, and I'm doing uh, jazz music from all over the world, and I'm doing a little bit of uh, opera music. Right, okay. uh, I am Tino. Yeah. So people that are interested in this kind of music in Athens, they have heard of me. Mm, okay. I have a I have a page in Facebook that where I put all my events and uh, and I have a YouTube channel that people can find. Uh, you know, my work, but usually um, it's, um, you know, mouth to mouth. Uh, who organized this? This guy, uh, can I have his contact? Yeah, so yeah. That, that yeah. is usually how it works. Okay. All right. Well, we'll make sure we include that stuff in the uh, in the post. Um, so, so, so I guess it's interesting. So that's that, that um, I guess, artistic side of you. Uh, that, that has that 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 side business, but you don't market it at outbound. You just de- rely on the inbound, so you don't see it as a um, you know. Uh, I don't mean to be putting words in your mouth, but I, I'm just uh, asking the question. I guess, do you look at that and go, okay, that's I'm getting some business for events, so maybe I'm going to set up a separate company or a separate you know business name. And have have its own identity. So then, when somebody refers to me, they get a bill from a separate business, and then you can put, you know, employees underneath. If it if it grows, you can market it. You can do a deal with a partner and say, look, I will produce the the jobs, but you'll manage the back end, and actually turn into something longer term from a from a ongoing business and sustainable business perspective. Do you think about that? Well, uh, here is the deal. Uh, I have to choose what kind of business I am going to uh, go after. Mm-hmm. And um, in Greece, event managing it's it's not very profitable because most of the of the shows and things that are going to be put up are, are you know small scale. Right. And uh, at the same time, uh, I have other projects uh, that uh, are more profitable and more interesting. And I think that I kind of I, I kind of protect music because I spend the time that I was a full-time musician 
Yeah. And at some point, I started not enjoying performing. Right. So I understood that, and this it's something that had to do with uh, the musical stage in Greece. Because if I was, uh, um, if I decided to go to to you know to perform in Buzuka, yeah, I don't know how it's placed, Buzuka, yeah, uh, I, I would make a lot of money, but I would not do the kind of music uh, that actually speaks to my soul. Right. So at some point, since I can make good money by doing other things that I found extremely interesting, I think I thought that it would be better to protect music yeah. and have it for something like a special getaway from everyday stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I guess that, that you know, I hear about that in a lot of situations where not only from an artistic point of view, but even, the, you know, the, the people who are, when, when a business is very, very, early in its in its development they're still in the garage as we say they're inventing they're they're solving problems then by the time the business grows um, they start to lose the people who are actually doing the hands-on development um, and innovation start to get into management and the last thing i ever wanted to do was management (laughs) and the last thing that they're actually very good at is management the more the better at the technology side of things or the creative side of things or the innovation side of things. So, so it's an interesting one. That might be an interesting segue. And I do want to talk about the other, you know, I guess endeavors with the windmills and the beehives, but maybe we tell us a little bit about, you know, in 2024, what is, what is happening at the moment more generally in the Greek economy and, and how, um, and how that affects business, business entrepreneurship you know particularly starting businesses and getting commercial uh what what is it like in greece i mean i can tell you it is relatively straightforward to get a business going in australia um to get it going profitably i think is just as challenging as anywhere else but i i sense and i could be wrong i sense that greece is a, a or even europe in generally but but particularly greece is a particular type of animal particular type of animal that you need to understand some uh, a lot of things that you probably don't need to understand in other economies. Yeah, that's that's uh, very accurate, actually. Um, okay, uh, to begin with, Greece is in a very bad state. Um, I know that the, maybe in the in the news you hear that ah the Greek economy is doing better and better and blah blah blah, but this is just propaganda. Um, I will tell you that most of the of the economy in Greece is supported by small scale businesses, and small businesses are having a really hard time survive today. Mm. Uh, first of all. Um, it's the first time that I can remember myself to think that uh, the political situation right now in Greece does not care, No, not even one of the politicians does care about Greeks. They don't care. They, they just have an agenda that I think probably it's a European thing, that they stick to it and they don't listen to the people's need and they don't do nothing to improve everyday life in Greece. Um, we have a lot of uh, raids between civilians today. Like two days ago, uh, we had a small business uh, of a couple that they were doing very well in uh, in the center of Athens, and because 
most of the businesses are not going well, uh, some people get in their shop and smash everything up. Oh, really? So other, is, other retail, other, I presume they're a retail business. So other yeah. retailers took issue with how well they were doing and they attacked them. Yeah. Well, the thing is that since they cannot attack the, the people responsible for the situation, uh, people start to turn uh, at each other's throat. So why, why were they doing well, whereas the other retailers weren't doing well? Well, uh, I will tell you, because they had understood that the way to make a business profitable is to not to wait for somebody to come into your store, but to use marketing. Right. And both of them, they are doing uh, an other jobs in the side too. Mm. One of them is a journalist. The other one is an ambassador for uh, for a big uh, company with right. uh, liquor. Right. So uh, they understand that if they... Th we, you know, it's it's a collection of things. They they know how to do good business, but the thing is that the, the other people did not think. Okay, let's see what they're doing and let's do it ourselves. Mm. They got so much rage against the politicians, and since they cannot turn against the politician, they start again to turn against to their neighbor. So it's how how and, it's expressing itself. It's expressing itself. Uh, you start, the body starts to eat itself rather than dealing with the, the problem. But can, I, can I ask, though, why don't... So if you're, what you're saying is right. Why don't the politicians care about their constituents? Why don't they care about the making the situation better for Greece? Why, why, why do you think that is? Why they don't care? Yeah. Well, um, I, I have a theory that uh, the politicians in Europe have made so many mistakes in the past year uh, that they have... Uh, consume the biggest part of the people's wealth. Right. And today, they have to do things to cover up their dirty businesses at, uh, on the back of the people that they have been voting for them. I don't say that the people are saints, you know, because mm. they voted them and they gave them power. But now, the, the old countries of Europe have started to sink under bad choices in the past. And uh, that is creating a chaotic uh, situation, especially for the South countries, because the Southern countries have always been, uh, you know, uh, treated like uh, second-class countries. Yeah, yes, I've heard that. I've heard that before. Spain, and now things are getting out of hand because it's the first time that everything in the world is expensive. Housing mm. is expensive, food is expensive, investing is expensive, traveling is expensive, uh, uh, cargo is expensive, everything is expensive. And it's the first time, I think, at, at least from what I remember, that we're having everything to be so expensive. So people do not have something to mm. do to forget about the difficulties. Yeah. Right so now, to have a, a 50 square meter flat in, in Athens, you need 500 euros. Right, 600 euros, mm. and the the basic salary is 780 euros. Right, it's impossible to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so, do you think that is because of um, I guess I'm trying I'm trying to connect the two. So you've got a, a political climate, you've got a, and a consequently you've got an economic climate, and then you've got people trying to 
just feed themselves. So, so entrepreneurship by by necessity, start a business, do something to feed your family, right? And then there's the type of people who come up with, you know, bigger business or innovation or you know invention type on on, on you know opportunities who then try and turn that into a business. It sounds like you're talking very much about. The, you know, there's a crisis, I guess, an economic crisis, and people are trying to survive. So, if you're trying to survive, yeah. it's very hard to be creative, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, actually, the crisis, economical crisis that we face, was a, uh, I don't know, a, we a Sunday morning walk in uh, in comparison with what we're living today. Really? Okay. It's much worse the situation uh, because we have a lot of violence and aggression and. Uh, uh, the police is not protecting the people, and uh, the, the politicians do not do nothing for the people, and it, it's it's a, it's a it's really really bad situation. But I will tell you that the whole thing, this whole thing is happening because they are trying to force Greece into uh, the international business ways, mm. and Greece finds it very difficult to adjust. Well, because, so, so what's the so that's an interesting so that's probably the crux of the problem. So what is different? What is it, what is in your mind the international business ways versus yeah. how Greeks do business? Well, we have the big companies, but because um, an international big company will have a way of doing things in in every country that they are. Yeah, and we have the like I told you, most of the businesses are small businesses here. Right. Small businesses do the things in a very different way that are in, in every aspect, accounting, marketing, everything. They don't do nothing in the way uh, uh, sure. international company will do. Um, so that's, for example, startups that are a big thing in all uh, the globe for quite a lot of years now. It's something that has been starting to get uh, some fame in Greece the last years. Really? Nobody was known and how it's working and everybody when you were when they start listening about uh hearing about a, a startup they were like oh that sounds like a a kind of scam <laughs> people are very you know yeah yeah uh, so the, the the greeks have a mindset that they're trying to do a lot of business under the table mm. yeah and this is because the politicians have always choose to overtax the people, the people find a way to get away from it. So, so, so that goes into the uh, the monetary system and uh, the the financial system as well. By the sounds of things, excuse me, um, where because you're in the euro now and you can't print money to to print your way out of it, you know to de deflate the value of your money so you can improve your economy. Does that does that mean that the Greece's hands are tied from a from a managing its economy point of view, and so people are kind of cornered in terms of being able to do be, being able to grow businesses and then become a little bit more sophisticated? So, you know, when you start a business, yes, you you know you might keep your receipts in a in a in a shoebox sort of thing, or you might do whatever you can cut corners to to try and get the business on its feet, like a child. You know, it'll fall down once in a while, but we eventually get it up on its feet. But if you've got a, if you're tied up in an economic system and you're the poor cousin of this economic system, you can't. The the, the politicians can't um, enact uh, uh, monetary policy 
to improve the economy and now you're at the mercy of uh, Brussels, um, uh, you know, where, where, does that, where does that leave your average Greek you know, you know, entrepreneur or person who's who's you know innovative and wants but to create something for themselves. I, I will, I will make, I will give you an example to understand how difficult it is to have a legitimate business in Greece. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you open up a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. You have all the license needed. You find the money that you need to invest, top-notch equipment, marketing plan, nice brand. Everything is perfect. The first week that you're working, the people from IRS are coming and uh, the tax office mm. uh, and they're coming and tell you, I will check all your books. I will find something because if they want, they will find something because the, the Greek law is very old. And what they've been doing is that they are writing laws over laws over laws. And so it's impossible to be totally legitimate because there is one law that nobody knows about it's in the in the the depth of the drawer right. that will pull it up at the right time and tell you but you don't cover this so they will tell you so what you would like to be you'd like a ticket that tickets today are really really high i mean it's it's this destruction of a business if they got a fine, oh, like a fine. or you would like to find a way around it All so right. if you have the system asking you to be illegal right. at some point you understand that well i can be me for instance with my um with my business consulting uh, uh business that i have i i said from the beginning i'm going to be legitimate and i uh, i i issue invoices for everything i have contracts i'm doing everything uh by the books if i had the family even though I have quite a good um, project that I'm managing and profitable. I could not survive because right. if you do everything by the letter of law, I don't know if it, it makes any sense to yeah. say it like this. Well, you have a big problem. You're going to pay too much taxes and too little will remain for you. So I, I think that the whole system needs a renovation from its roots. So what has been happening the last year that they're trying to put uh, Greece into the international market, they just, you know, doing a paint job, mm -hmm. but the walls are open. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you put a nice color in one week, uh, you know, you will still have stains from the, <coughs> from the, uh, from the rot. Yeah. 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 We're just putting layers of fresh paint over the old ones and old ones, and we say that we're modernizing the Greek economy, but this is not happening because nobody cares for educating people how to do good, how to be good in business. Nobody cares to, you know, to give reasons to a business to be legitimate. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody ever try to make. Um, equal an equal market for everybody because when you see that it's government that is coming they are giving all the big contracts to their friends without mm. caring for what is going in the market well th th that's not fair playing you know yeah yeah sure so if, if let's say that somebody from abroad comes to make a business here they will be really surprised about how things are working here yeah okay okay 
So I guess it's, that's a, a, I mean, going back onto what you said that, you know, the startup space is really only a few years old now in Greece. There must be something that is giving some people some hope that they can actually, particularly, I guess, in the digital digital businesses where they can have a market that's, so it's not a, it's not a shop that's selling shoes down in Blaka, you know, it's, you know, it's an online business and it's doing payment systems or it's doing, it's doing something uh, that can be sold into Spain, into Australia, into America, you know, whatever. Um, it it yeah. sounds like there's still some sort of hope. And I'm imagining that even the universities, I mean, they must be teaching business and they must be, they must be. The, you know the students that are going through that, even if they're young and inexperienced. I don't know. This is not working like this in Greece. It's what? Sorry. The university. It's not working like that. The universities uh, are not doing what the universities in the rest of the world are doing. Here, the universities do not have a good breed of businesses to work to work with, right? And to have a, a job waiting for a good student. Mm. It's not working like this. Here, the universities uh, are run by very old people, if you understand what I mean, in every aspect. Right. So the dean will uh, have a, a son that he will put him in the university and will make him a dean in his position. Oh, okay. We have a kind of, uh, you know, it's like royalty. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. So, oh, so, so I guess it's that ne the nepotism. Is not working like this. Yeah, okay. Say, so, I mean, look, you know, there must be a, you know, we say in, in English, you know, there must be a point at which the chickens come home to roost. I don't know what the Greek equivalent is yeah. to say that. Yeah, it's not all, all black, you know. Yeah. Um, there, is, there are some things that the people can do, but uh, the problem with the startups is that most of them are financed by uh, abroad investment investors. And so people from abroad are holding... Uh, a, a good amount of the shares of the good businesses in Greece. Uh, that means that a lot of the money that these businesses are going to produce will leave the country. Um, and maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's know, the answer if you're starting up a business, find a, a way to, to set it up in another country where basically you're a subsidiary of the Greek, uh, the, the businesses, the Greek yeah, business is subsidiary. What, what all the, the businesses that have a good product are doing, mm. they have uh, another company abroad and they are managing things like this. Well, uh, it's it's a difficult period to to start a business in Greece. Mm. But I will tell you that if you're good to what you're doing and you're thinking out of the box, your business will thrive. Right. Because as uh, as a bad educated market as Greeks uh, gives you the opportunity to shine, and uh, if you're doing something good. And you can manage. I'm, I'm talking about my business, for example. I I didn't have to do anything with the wind farms, but tell us I a bit. Tell, one... tell us a little bit about the wind farms for people who are listening. This episode is sponsored by Three P Legal. I've been a customer of Peter North as my lawyer, and now Three P Legal for over a decade. Peter and his team are friendly and approachable, which takes the stress out of having to navigate the complexities of legal business matters, whether starting a business. Buying or selling a business, handling contracts or estate planning, their personalised attention and quality of work is second to none. Find Peter and his team at www.3pcorp.com.au or email pnorth at 3 plegal 
www.ethicalsupport.com.au if you need commercial or personal legal services, particularly if you're a startup. Well, I was in uh, I was in Tinos Island to for a concert, and I heard the guy that was trying. Uh, it, it was a a very good person. He was investing. Uh, he was actually construction uh, constructing a wind farm in Tinos Island that the municipality begged him to do, and then the municipality decided that no, we don't want it, and he had take the loans, bought the uh, wind uh, mills, and he just. He would like this with debts covering it, right. and he could not do nothing. Right. So I heard him talking about it, and I went to his table and I said to him, "I'm sorry, sir, but I, I would I would just like to tell you, I I overheard your conversation, and the problem you have is communication." Right. And he said to me, "What do you mean?" I, I explained to him that you should communicate better with the public and prove that their mayor is just doing this to gain votes and he was very happy with what i said and he offered me uh, a business chance uh, uh, to consult him and uh, i got really really deep into this uh, situation and uh, i even i don't know they had demonstration and i was in front of the people protesting and i got really deep in that right and i managed with the help uh of the rest of the people that they were working together in this project we managed to save uh this uh wind farm that was doomed right. and we managed to brood it in life and to to make it happen now it's working uh and it's very productive and fr from there uh i got a lot of business in that uh, area because people were facing the same problems in other areas and they were like oh what we're gonna do how did yanis manage to do it let's call him they called him they said he said oh elias is your person and that's mouth to mouth i got yeah. into this business and now and now in several occasions i managed to to come you know uh in an understanding with the locals and find a solution so both the investor uh, and the locals will be happy about the installments of a wind farm mm. So, so obviously that must be underpinned by a change in the, I guess, people's thinking in terms of accessing cheaper electricity and um, and also probably some of the policies from from you know the Europe with regards to green energy. There must be the economics of it must be uh, better for them. But I guess um, where you're yeah. coming in, where you're coming in, it sounds like what they seem to be lacking is a broader. A broader perspective and a way to be able to legitimately engage with the the the, the you know the, the stakeholders right so so you know i think what you're saying is right so if the if the if the mayor of the town or the, you know the 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 public servants you know they're at the mercy of the crowds and the crowds think that this is a bad thing rather than a good thing changing that dynamic and the incentives then pretty well yeah. force force their hand and you know your personal character is is perfect for that you know you i think you know being able to communicate a positive a positive view on why something should happen and articulate that to in words that they understand you know metotroposu as we say in greek um uh that's very very powerful and i guess that's you know that you can apply that to everything yeah that's actually true you can apply it with everything and the only thing that i did with, in that situation 
I asked the mayor to go in public chatting over mm. the fact right. and he didn't right. accept it. Right. So I got I got uh, an article that he wrote saying why a wind farm is bad for the it has a lot of stupidities inside, like right. things like that the windmills are producing radiations and things like this. <laughs> and I just I just made a leaflet that I distribute to all the island. Yep. With one side, what the mayor said, the other side, what is really happening. Right. And this starting to create a very big amount of people in the island thinking that, well, I don't care if they make it. Mm. And, okay, we had the, you know, the, the hot-headed that they were like, no, this will not happen. But eventually, logic thrived and we finished the works. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and the mayor, yeah. the last year we had the uh, election. Yep. He lost the election. Oh, really? And you think that was a, a part of it? Uh, well, actually, I, I published an article two weeks before the election, and I said, I, I, I actually put the things again to the mind of the people. I, I published an article saying what we should remember from this mayor. Right, right. And we, we, and had, we, the so when you published the article, how did you get it out? Did you just put it online, or how did you get people to read it? Well, you know, when uh, when I I started working with that project, I checked out to see the local uh, online uh, blogs and things like this. Some were friendly and some of them were not. So right. I knew which were the friendly one. And there was one online uh, newspaper. Yep. So I sent them the article. I said, if you think that it has any value of you, and they put it out. So right. Okay. Okay. How. All right. And so... Okay, so what? So what's next for for Elia Zervas from a from a the your your portfolio of ventures? So we haven't even talked about the bees, but <clears throat> pardon me, um, it's early here, so I'm still <laughs> I'm still shaking up the morning. Um, so so what's so what's happening that's positive at the moment for for you? What's probably the most exciting uh, thing that you're working on? Ah, the most exciting thing at the moment well i have a new project that i am doing with uh, my best friend uh, anastasia um she's a fantastic photographer she she has huge talent into uh, uh photography uh and um, i have been uh, trying to make take a business out of it so we I, I finally managed to put her to work with that and we started a business that we call one dot right and it's a company that we take a product i take care of all the legal side the consulting marketing how to do things the organization of the sales department and things like this doing the photography and we take a small business and we give uh it what it needs to go properly in the market oh okay so so they what they're I guess the the all the collateral for their for their for their marketing, so for not only for their website for brochures and for all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, everything right, they okay. need. We set up the website, we set up the social, we tell them how to run the social. We oh, yeah. can run the social for them if they want. Right. Uh, if if there is a product, we we make a, a presentation, a proper presentation of the product. If there is not a product, because maybe we have a company that services. We will create a video showing their services, some pictures showing them 
on site doing what they're doing, things like this. Well, actually, I, I, I like to think it like we're taking a company, a business with good potential, and we help them find the way to achieve their goals. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's big business in the West. It's lots of um, uh, businesses that, that try and do that. And how are they? Fi- how are they finding you? Are they? Are you? Are you marketing this, or is that people just word of mouth? They're coming to you. Yeah, actually, um, we did. Uh, it's very fresh, you know. We have yeah. uh, already. Uh, uh, we we started that like two months ago, and we already have six big clients, and we're very happy about it. Uh, we have a web page uh, coming up very soon, and uh, we have an Instagram account where you can find. Uh, product photography and we went uh, we attended some expos uh, where we meet a lot of uh, producers and uh, small scale producers and tell them that we offer these services uh, we're at, at this point you know that we're trying a little by little to get our name out there so so from an from a administration point of view if you've got so many so okay you've got your consulting business you've got this uh, digital media business you know, you've got the, you know, you've got a number of other things. Do you set up a separate company for each one or do you run them through one company with different names? Yeah. Um, okay. I have three companies. Right. One company is for all the agricultural things that I'm doing. Everything that had to do with uh, agriculture, nature, that kind of things. It's one thing by itself. I have a, a company that consulting that is uh, my business consulting uh, for projects like uh, the wind farms and things like this. Yep. Uh, that from where I'm doing ISO certifications, uh, business consulting, and uh, marketing consulting, business development consulting, business continuity, that kind of thing. And the third one is for the more artistic projects. The one dot is more artistic things because for now, all our clientele is asking us to put... Um, to make them look good, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of separate the three, and the three will do their own, their own uh, counting and their own taxes and all that sort of stuff. Where, where does the music business fit in? Does that go under the? Well, the music, the music business. Uh, uh, here we have something that is called personal. Okay. Uh, company. Right. Right. I don't know how how it works. It's in called Australia, a sole, sole trader. Yeah, when it's like freelancer, yep. let's say, yeah, yeah, like a freelancer. So, uh, for for my music, I am using this for tax and things like this. But there, it works fine because the company that is under your VAT number, uh, it's uh, it's your name. So yep. my name is how the people recognize me in music. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's worked out fine. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Look, I think I think there's a there's a lot here. Um, I'm. I am interested in digging into um, the startup ecosystem, and maybe we can do it in a, a like another another meeting, like another online interview. So I think there's a lot to unpack here for the the the, the Greek and also the European ecosystem of entrepreneurship, because it sounds like like you've got a you've got you know a whole host of challenges within Greece around the economy, but also it sounds like the mindset. The entrepreneurial mindset is very unusual. So I think you're a little bit of, of a unique creature um, uh, where you you have this 
you can see the the negative aspects, but then you can see the opportunities associated with being able to operate in that, call it chaos or call it difficulty, whatever you want to call it. So um, I, I definitely just something here because you you said a very nice thing uh, about the the negative aspects and opportunity. Well, I will tell you from my experience, the point that a business thrives is a point is the point of a crisis. Right. That's why when we're doing a, a risk uh, analysis in any business, we're talking about dangers and opportunities. Mm. Because from what I've seen, all the businesses that they have uh, they have managed a crisis sufficiently, mm. they thrive afterwards. Yep. So I think we should start having a more spherical view. Well, things. yeah, and, and I think look, a lot of that comes from education. So you've always, you've always been a, um, a you know, a, a quite a curious, obviously intelligent human being who is is happy to do some work to kind of understand a situation. So you know, your sciences. And I remember when you were younger, uh, you know, doing uh, you know the, the uh, astronomy. Uh, you know, see, so yeah, yeah. you you have you have this curious nature, and I think that's really really important. And having a curious nature. And having a sense of uh, adventure to to go and explore and do things that you know they're not guaranteed that they're going to be successful, but you learn so much along the way. And then after a period of time, you start to see a pattern. You know, you say, oh, "I've been here before. I've seen this before. If I do it this yeah, yeah, way, yeah. it's going to do this, and if I do it that way, it's going to do that." Um, and I think that's that's very very powerful. I think my own view on a lot of this stuff um, is the problem, particularly here in Australia, is that everybody wants to de-risk everything to the point where there is no risk and everything's going to be successful. And guess what, mate? That's just not the way things work. You have to fall down. You have to scrape your knee. You have to have it well, endure I, some pain. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And I think that this is one of the biggest problems of uh, modern world. What I, I scream to my customers, especially the small businesses, is uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but um, I, all, I, I talk to them about entropy. Right. I tell to them, when you were in high school, did you remember one lesson that it was two pages of the whole book and it should be half of the book? What is entropy? You understand what is entropy? Nobody remembers that, but right. I think that entropy... Uh, applies to everything. It's impossible to have uh, unlimited happiness and success. It's impossible. That's right. And when people get some problems in their hand, they are frustrated. They're like, oh, what I'm going to do? They're getting crazy. I totally agree with what you said. I think it's, it's the, the biggest problem we're facing. Yeah, yeah. So I guess mindset. Mindset, I, I think it's also important to have some skills. So so from the Greek education, and look, I would say the same thing here. Um, one of the things that we don't do in Australia is teach children about, you know, in the younger years of school, about finance, managing their, their accounts, understanding how money works. Uh, you know, the irony there is most people don't understand how money works. They think that they do, but they really, really don't. And when they dig into it, they kind of freak out. <laughs> um, but understanding some basic fundamentals... I. I, uh, I did some lecturing years ago, about 15 years ago, and um, I was teaching business, and I said, so why, 
why are you guys here? Like, why are you teaching business? Am I to assume that you want to make money? There goes, yes, I want to make money. I want to make money. So everyone in the in the class is probably about 50 students. Everybody wants to understand money. I said, fantastic. So if you understand, to understand money, I would assume you understand how interest works. And uh, a lot less <laughs> put their hand up, except maybe, you know, maybe... 15% put their hand up. Yeah, yeah, I understand interest. I say, okay, so if you understand interest, if I said to you, I want you to show me how to compound interest, $100 over 10 years, growing at 10%, or 5%, I think I said, um, and show me how it compounds and what the, the final figure will be after 10 years. Because obviously, if you, can, if you know how to do compounding interest, you'll know how to do a discounted cash flow. So if you're looking at money into the future, there's a risk associated with it. So $100 today, even in a normal economy, is going to be worth less in the future, purely because of the risk, not even because of inflation, and just purely because of the risk. And um, so that gets got a little bit... So a few more people put their hand down. They go, oh, fuck. <laughs> what, what, what am I dealing with here? One guy was left. He said, I know how to do it. I said, fantastic. Come on up. Uh, and uh, he, he came up to the screen. I had a computer there with a projector on the screen, just a simple spreadsheet. I had the $100 on the first thing. I said, do the maths. No, <laughs> he couldn't do the maths. And look, I, you know, poor guy, he was young, but also he was probably under a bit of pressure now. Only 50 other people were looking at him, and I think I would probably stuff it up too, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> but to, to just to do something simple. So I guess my point is that, there's some core skills. So you can say, look, I have a vision for a beautiful house. But if, if you don't know how to put a nail through the wood, if you don't know how to cut a piece of wood, you know, you're going to have a problem. So in business, you do need to have some sense of how corporate structuring works, what a business actually is, a legal entity, what can be sued. What can't. Having an understanding that that's not hard. I can teach you, teach it to somebody in an hour. All right. You do need to have a sense of how accounting works. You do need to have a sense on how legals work. You do need to have an ability to negotiate. All right. You do need to understand pricing and, and, and something on marketing. You do need to know how to sell something, even an idea. See, there are certain skills that you need to acquire along the way. You can do it the hard way through experience, and experience is fantastic. But having a, an understanding of the 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 body of knowledge that's out there, and I would say this in any country, the body of knowledge that what works and what doesn't work, and then make it your own. Go out and experience it and go, you know what? He said to do it that way. But my experience is, is actually it's a little bit like this, but at least you had a starting point. And then you can, it's like, and then you clip it onto your tool belt. You know, the degree doesn't matter. That thing is nothing. <laughs> you know, it's the ability to apply the knowledge, you know, in, in a way and it's not all sizzle, you know. You know, when you when you do a locanico on the barbecue, there's the sizzle, and then there's the actual locanico, right? You need locanico, <laughs> and the sizzle. The sizzle is the marketing. But if there's no locanico, what are you sizzling? <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah, but, what you said is, if you want to be to run a business, you have to be like a a Swiss Army knife. Yes, absolutely. You can provide solution to a lot of understand a lot of things and and solve a lot of small problems. Absolutely. You you if you if you want to eat a, a big bowl of soup, you need a bigger spoon. Yeah. But that's something that will come along the way, you know. Yeah, for sure. I for really sure. agree with you. 
And yeah. I think that uh, most of the businesses that they're not thriving, it's because they are very stressful with their decision and they do not use common sense to their uh, um, to, to, to their things. I mean, to, to their position of prophecy. Oh, the decision. Uh, the decision. decision. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the people, it's like they've, they've forgot, they're forgetting common sense where it, the, at the moment that they should yep. stick to it. Yep. Look, I think we might leave it there, Leah, uh, and, and I want to do this again a little bit more often, um, you know, uh, but to wind it off, why don't you, and I, I, I invite you to do it in Greek, um, uh, say, uh, I guess, let people know what you're doing and if they want to contact you uh, to help them with their business um, or they're interested in the, some of the services that you, you provide, um, uh, have, have, uh, say, say your piece. Tell them who you are and how to get in touch with you if they've listened to this and they're interested. Well, I, I, the best way to contact me, it's uh, by email. And uh, because uh, it's very easy for me to organize an online meeting like the one we're having now, I will say my email. It's very easy. It's Elias, I-L-I-A-S, Zervas, Z-E-R-V-A-S, 5-1 at gmail.com. Okay, I'll put that on there. Anyway, did you want to say a couple of words in Greek? Uh, no, I, I, in Greece, you know, like 90% of the people are very fluent in English, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, Levinti. We'll leave it there. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure because you know that uh, I've been following your podcast for quite some time and uh, I've really always enjoyed uh, listening to you. And what I said to you in the beginning, that it's uh, I really like it because it's two friends chatting. I had uh, exactly the same experience. So thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Anytime, Ilya. Okay. I hope you enjoyed what is obviously an interview with my nephew in Greece. Uh, that aside, he is a very, very interesting cat. And um, I really, really enjoyed having a chat to Ilya. I hope to get him on the podcast again. Thank you for listening. If you've got any comments, want to reach out, simply email me at hello at entrepreneurship.au. And until next time, stay well and stay curious.